You're listening to the Third Coast Podcast. I'm Katie Mingle, the producer of ReSound. Mainers and New Englanders, just want to let you know Third Coast will be in your neighborhood on April 2nd at 7.30 at the Space Gallery in Portland, Maine, for a listening room featuring stories about metaphorical and literal darkness. That includes blackouts, blindness, lost love, and misadventures in space. So come on out for that and to learn more about the 2012 Short Docs Challenge. Everybody else, have you finished your short doc yet? You've got one more month. We can't wait to hear what you've been working on. For more info on our Portland event and the Short Docs Challenge, visit our website, thirdcoastfestival.org. In choosing your life work, there are many things to be considered. First of all, you must know yourself. From the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago, I'm Gwen Maxi, and this is Resound. Do you like to work with ideas, or would you rather work with things? New folks, new folks, full out of the pack on the Newport cigarettes. Got new. Hey, my man. Hey, hey, what you sell all them pretty socks for? Resound is a remix of music, documentaries, found sound, sound bites, and other bits of audio we unearth from all over the world. On the air, the internet, from a friend of a friend, we hustle for every scrap we can find and then play the best of what we hear each week on Resound. What do you expect to get out of your life work? Many would answer money. As important as money, however, is the satisfaction that comes from doing an interesting job as well as or better than others are doing it. People call me the medicine man, Rhino Court, especially a lot of older clients of mine. Buterol, Lipitor, Napoleon, Donovan, Asthma Pump. There are hustlers, and then there are hustlers. A good wheeler and dealer can talk you into a sucker bet or charm you out of your last crumpled dollar. Some are straight-up con men, and others are doing just what they have to to get by. In both cases, they're enterprising, resourceful, even entrepreneurial, just the kind of people you might want working for you. But hustlers? They work for themselves. This week on ReSound, you didn't think we were playing this music for nothing, did you? We're doing the hustle, baby! Now, in a city as big as Chicago, you got to figure there's a whole lot of hustle going on. Some legal, some not. Of course, in the illegal world, things are usually done in the shadows. It's not like hustlers are lining up to be interviewed on mic. But in our first story, radio producers Ann Hepperman and Kara Oler take us on a rare tour of Chicago's underground economy, guided by a cigarette hustler who, for the purposes of this story, will be called Floyd. A word of warning here. This story contains some mature themes that may not be suitable for younger listeners. Got new posts, new posts, full out of the pack on the Newport. Cigarettes, cigarettes? I'm a hustler, street guy, y'all. Hey, hey, what's happening, man? My name is Floyd, my hustler cigarettes. Might smoke cigarettes, new posts? I got new posts, full out of the pack. I buy new post cigarettes online, no tax, and then sell them on the cheap. Super duper discount, it's the hottest thing going. I can make 200 bucks a day sometimes. Got swell. But I'm not here to talk just about me. Chicago has all kinds of hustlers. Downtown, east side, west side, south side, suburbs. The underground economy is all over this town, all around you. I gotta get started if I'm gonna make any money today. Let's get in the car and head downtown. 
That's usually the first part of town I hit. Cause downtown, a lot of money flows. See this guy right here? Yeah, he got a squinchy. Pull over. This is tax-free money. Hit the horn. Hi, my name is Mark Jones, and I wipe cars down at Amico. I started washing cars in 1991, and the car wash is right down the street, just across the street. Now, when I first started doing cars, I stood here, right here at this corner, 13th and Wabash, and I watched the cars come out. I watched somebody stop the cars. Would you like for me to drive your car? Like this guy is doing right now, wiping down this red car right here. And I timed it. Three minutes, he made toot out. All right? So I said, well, hey, I can do that. And um, I joined the crowd. These guys are looking to make about 15 to $20 a day. They use the money to pay for a hotel or food. And like a lot of us, these car washes use the legitimate economy to their advantage. Right where Amco's blacktop ends, that's where the guys set up shop. As long as we don't bother their customers on the lot, then they don't have to call the lawns. Just a few feet on Amco's blacktop, and they could get charged with criminal trespass. So they stay just off to the side. Because they already know that by calling the law, we're not going anyplace. In the shadows of the legitimate economy, it's my business. Each one of us are independent entrepreneurs up here. There are four of us up here. What's up, Am? How are you? Telling on you. Is it safe? No, it ain't safe. Well, we take turns. Right now, Tony's flagging the car. Rick is, is obviously before Tony. Here is Rick. I, I'm just uh, interviewing about his uh, about the car wash business. About you, the car wash? Uh-huh. You mind if I finish this? A uh, job like this, and it's not a job, it's a hustle. You work like you want to work. At a normal car wash, how you doing? You're working for somebody else. The top money goes to the boss. So you're going to get paid by the hour, all right? This way, any money that you make is yours, all right? Right now it's 109, okay? I'm starting my day. Freedom, that's why a lot of people like being in the cash economy. You pick your own hours, you choose your own rate, but Mark would tell you it's a trade-off. You may have more freedom, but every day is like a hope and a prayer. The thing with this is that there are days like yesterday where I made $3. But then there are days that I can be out here and I can make $100. So what I'm saying is, every day is a surprise. That's right. In the cash economy, every day is a surprise. Things are changing in Chicago. It used to be you could depend on the car wash to support you. Uh, this is a corporate street now. They don't care if you're homeless. There's a lot of buildings on my route being torn down. Mayor Daly said he doesn't want another slum left in the city. My days on Wabash, they're numbered now. They really are numbered. Come on, let's get going. Hey, how y'all doing? Anybody need cigarettes today? I got Newport cigarettes. Baby, can you shut the door? Sure, I'm sorry. Now, see, in this situation, I'm like Mark. I use an existing establishment to find customers. Got Newport cigarettes? Am I interested in Newport Nobody really loses. The customers get cigarettes at a few bucks cheaper, and I may slap the bartender five now and then. So we got ourselves a little arrangement. That's how it is across town. 
at the Jewels Grocery Store, our next stop. At Jewels, you got a lot of customers who don't have cars. So years ago, some guys started a delivery service. Jules knows about them, even checks their insurance and license to make sure they're valid. Again, it's a little arrangement, but it's totally off the book. Okay, my name is Leon Davis. I've been uh, delivering up here for Jewel the Plastic now five years. Deliver man. Most of the guys here are retired, and they just do this for a little extra money and stuff like that. We are better than hills. Jewel don't pay us nothing. We haven't signed no, no, no kind of contract. I mean, they ought to ride it, so hey, ain't no problem. You need to deliver? Generally from here to Ford and Kane Drive. Not today, why not today? It's about $5. That's all you got? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And then you get around about 45th or 46th to be add another dollar. Okay, be ready to roll. We don't have to pay no tax on that. It's not taxable. But most people that, that ride with, they got the, the uh, Special drivers. How far you going, man? Thirty to Southport. You know, you be courteous to him, and it's first right here. And you take the grocery up and stuff like that, and that's why you build up a lot of customers by being courteous to the people. You open that door for you. Mm -hmm. You don't know how much you're gonna make. There's no limit how much you're gonna make. Well, let me right. get your car for you. And you don't really make that much up here. No way. You know, you, you know, it's slow. Okay, you have a good day, and I'll see you again. And continue to shop at you. It keep me something to do, you know, instead of staying around the house or something else, you know. So that's why, you know, I continue to do it. Come on, let's head to a street corner on the south side where you can buy almost anything. Y'all want to get out? Hey, my man. Hey. Hey, what you sell all them pretty socks for? What they go for? Five dollars for six pair. Socks, purses, shoes, any kind of knockoff you can think of. Now here we all buying low and selling high. It's the American way. We gonna make arrangements to get a case? I usually stop on the corner and drop a dozen packs or two. You ain't gotta get it right now. I can bring it to you. All right. But forget cigarettes for a second. Drugs are what most people think of when they think of the underground economy. My name is Cinnabeth Cross. I live at Ogden Courts. Like in this building, you can see some people out there in the breezeways. They're selling narcotics. We used to have a building complex right behind us. But once they tore the buildings down, the drug sellers that used to be there are in our lobby. It's a whole lot of money floats through that lobby. The guys in Cinnabest's lobby is what's called the crew. The boys actually be downstairs bragging what you say. How much you get? I be listening. But they aren't the ones running the show. There's a such thing as, uh, well, the big man. The big man makes the money. Now, that's what goes out. But those aren't the only sales going on. The drug economy creates little mini economies around it. Which leaves us women bonded by trying to help each other out. Even though I got a job, it's still hard paying bills. You got a phone bill, rent. Cable. My name is Michelle Murray. And then the household stuff. And then your kids need shoes. And your kids need clothes. They need school supply. It's still hard. My name is Tony Knox. And I used to sell candy out of my apartment. Well, I put a little sign up on the wall downstairs. Party wings. Five of them spaghetti and meatball and bread and a pop $5. Now, like she said about fixing dinners, I do 
hair. I carry nachos, Doritos, penny candy, the nickel candy, the dime candy. Sometimes I clear between $75 and $100 a day. I do one head for about $10, $12. I came up on $80, selling plates, $5 a plate. Really, that just helps me with my cigarettes. One person came and bought the food and went downstairs with the plate eating it, and she was saying it was good and everything. They started knocking on my door. That's how I started getting customers. It was chaos. You have five children in your house and about 15 on the porch ready to come in. You know, I let five in at a time, five kids in and five kids out. I made two big pans, but it wasn't enough. People kept coming back, buying it. <laughs> By us doing all of this together, all of us, it makes life easier. We're feeling real bad right now because they're closing down these buildings soon. It's really going to change our life. It's going to affect our pocketbooks. What is money to you? What is money to me? Actually, it's a headache. Because if you know or somebody find out you got some money, they ain't going to stop messing with you till they get some of it. I don't care how they think they're going to get it. Borrow it, big it. And I'm talking about my family, too. If they find out I got some money, I ain't gonna have it, except till they stop begging. And I'd honestly be glad when it's gone. I'm gonna have to disagree. For me, bad times with it are better than bad times without it. But for high rollers, you have to worry about where to put it. You can't put it all in the bank or invest it you have to launder that money, and that can add a lot of stress. Uh, my name is Sudhir Venkatesh. I'm a professor of sociology and African-American studies at Columbia University. And I have a friend, Nick. Nick used to be one of the biggest weapons dealers in Chicago. Sudhir went over to his house one day and found Nick tripping. I said, Nick, why are you crying? He said, because I have so much money. He should be happy. I said, Nick, I can help you with that. I'll take some of the money if it's a problem, but tell me why is so much money a problem for you? And he showed me in his house, in the TV, there were stacks of money. In every mattress, there were stacks of money. He had money all over the place, but he could not do anything with that money because he made it in the underground economy. Meaning he could not invest it. He tried. He went to banks. And every time he tried to open a bank account, they said, well, what's the source of this money? So here's Nick with all this money and nowhere to put it. And he snaps and does something crazy. He has a garage sale. On the surface, just a typical yard sale with TVs and couches and microwaves for sale. But he sold all of this furniture, which had thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of cash in it because he was so frustrated. Crazy, huh? Sadir tells a story to make a point. Money in the legitimate economy is an asset. It lets you do things. You can change that money for credit. You can change that money for wealth, for property, etc. Money in the underground economy always is cash. And that's all it will ever be. A lot of these people out here hustling get caught up in the lifestyle and the money that comes with it. They get stuck. Some of the men up here on Cicero Avenue. Cicero Avenue is known, you know, prostitution straw. Sometimes called the whole straw. Another day, another dollar, another war, another tower went up. 
where the homeless had their home. Hello, my name is Gypsy from the west side of Chicago. Well, my name is Kat. That's my street name. And from Chicago, west side. This is the hard life. And we're here to talk about the economy. We're in hell. The money situation at hand. I ain't got none. Never would I, would I have ever thought that I would become a prostitute. Because I hate it. I have to be drunk or, or messed up to uh, go out there and date. As I said, my name is Kat. Been on the street 10 years. That's how I earn my money. As you want to categorize it, hooker, call girl, prostitute, whatever. <laughs> I earn mine. Now these ladies here, Gypsy and Kat, Who? they live in the hotel room where people come in and out all the time. Hold on. Basically, when I do go out, I'll, uh, count up how much money I'm gonna need to stay in for the night. So you figure I'm looking at. 50 for the room, $100 for the eight ball, 50 for blows. Grab something to munch. $15 for food. Smokes. We're at $205 now with cigarettes. You know, but mainly my money is just on getting high. If a guy pulls up and, uh, you know, he, he shakes his head or they say, do you want a date? And he says, yeah. I'll get in the car, either go to a hotel, or, you know, just park somewhere if they want a quick blowjob. And, and I tell them my, my prices. My average is $20 for a blowjob. $40 for a blowjob. 50 bucks for a half and half. 50 for sex. An hour is 100 bucks an hour. I don't care what you're doing. Plus a tip. Typical day, on a Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, I'd average 100, 150, 200. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, it goes anywhere from the first date of 20, 20 or 50 bucks to thousands sometimes. Then when that money starts coming, it just, it, it comes, it comes, it comes, it comes. And then sometimes there's days I'm out there for four and five hours and can't make $20. Sometimes I'm just walking to the store and I'll catch a trick and I'm not even wanting a date. But I'm gonna do it because I know there's money in my pocket. I've learned so many different hustles out here, it's not even funny, but um, the one thing I haven't done is I don't take money from no, from no tricks. I mean, not even a dollar, not even a penny will I take without them knowing it. Oh, did you need that change? And I'll take it as I'm telling them. You know what I mean? But I'm not gonna take it without them knowing. I gotta tell them. It's very, very hard to find a real person out here. Very hard. It's kind of crazy, because I don't do heroin. So what the f is really my purpose out there, being a hooker, to smoke crack? <laughs> it's kind of stupid, huh? I used to be a volleyball coach. I used to be a Girl Scout leader. I used to be a lunch lady. My daughter is now 18, my son is 14, and I have a five-month-old grandbaby. And I'm uh, 36 years old, and the money just, there's never enough money to get high. And as my grandma always said, no matter how high you get, Kathy, you always got to come down. I get so depressed, and I'm like, man, if I got just going OD just to get some peace, you know, to get away from the shit. I almost did a few times, tried to, at least. <laughs> I really tried. You know, reality is reality. I don't know if I'll ever get out of this life. Doesn't mean I don't want to. You know, 
but I guess I don't want it bad enough because otherwise I would have been done, did it. <laughs> you know, no matter who was in my life. But if I didn't stop for my kids, I don't know if there's anybody I, I'll stop for, you know. And with that, I'll end it. It can be hard out here, real hard. Myself, I sold drugs when I was young to support my addiction. Ended up in jail for a while. Now I'm clean. But I'm still out here making the easy money. It's a gray area. And now we're going to talk to a guy whose whole business is a gray area. This guy, John. He's hustling something people actually need. Asthma pumps. Prescriptions. Procardia. All types of medications. Donovan. People call me the medicine man. Rhino Court. Especially a lot of older clients of mine. Abuterols. They call me the medicine man. He can get what you, what you need. Lipitor. What you've been taking. Insulin medication. Zoloft. Mm, hello, my name is John Medicor. I'm on the south side of Chicago. Cogent. My hustle is medication, napersons, and I try Dilantin. to give a legitimate service to people that already need certain medications. Celebrate. I just try to keep getting their medication for them a little less expensively than Walgreens. One day I went, had to go and see the doctor, and I'm sitting in there and I'm looking and listening to all these people in the, in the doctor's office, man, complain about how they're not able to pay for it. And all at the same time I'm listening to them, I'm thinking about a couple of guys that I grew up and went to school with that's pharmacists now. It just hit me. This is a way to make money. When I go out to the house this morning, I'm going to see my pharmacist. Somewhere in the conversation, I'm going to tell him what I need. And he's going to quote a price to me, like 200 Celebrex, for example. Cost me 50 bucks. I break them down and sell 30 Celebrex for 25 bucks. I'm going to triple my money somewhere in there. Okay, here we come. We're coming up to Lorraine's house. We already did talk yesterday about the price of um, Dilantin and a Pinobarbital. Lorraine, hey, how you doing? How you doing, John? Monthly income off of my hustle. Uh, I got your medication for you. I could, on average, make... You got everything I asked for? Yes, ma'am. $1,000, $1,500. Okay. What are we talking about? The same price we talked about the other day, $40. No problem. It's a sale. I got to sell them Thanks. on I'm a good person. Okay. I'll call you this week or next week well, sometime. We get ready for tomorrow. I'll do that. Know. Thank you. All right. All right. You have, have a good. Going. All right. I'm not trying to give you something to misuse you or abuse you. I'm getting exactly what you going into Walgreens buying. New clients find mostly about me through people I'm already dealing with, because it's not costing them as much for their medication that they need. So you know, my name jumps around, man, <laughs> all around town. I just hope it don't fall in the wrong hands. <laughs> That's the question. What John is doing is illegal, but is it wrong? Depends on how you look at it. The service that I'm doing, yeah, I guess you could look at it as I'm doing wrong, but I feel like I'm helping people along with helping myself. You know, so I don't consider that really being a bad guy. 
that's the way most of us look at it. We all have our reasons for doing what we do. Most of the guys here are retired, and they just do this for a little extra money and stuff like that. Some people are doing it to try to make ends meet. Even though I got a job, it's still hard. Others doing it for their habits. There's never enough money to get high. I'm telling you, it's a devil's drug. Me, I'm working towards my apprenticeship to be a contractor. But for now, what's happening, man? Cigarettes. Smoke. Smoke is the best way for me to earn money. Cigarettes, cigarettes in my I need cigarettes, four dollars a pack. Cigarettes are something people always want. Newport, Newport cigarettes, four dollars a pack. Y'all ready? Everybody got squares already back there? Newport, Newport, last call, four dollars a pack. Chicago Hustles was produced by Ann Hepperman and Kara Oler for the now-defunct Chicago Matters series. After listening to this story, you have to wonder how Ann and Kara found all the people they interviewed and got them to talk so openly. We certainly did. So we called them and asked. For this documentary, we decided to go to a needle exchange, um, a harm reduction needle exchange, to try and meet people to talk to. And there... Um, Instead of meeting interview subjects, we met a sociology professor, Greg Scott. He ended up introducing us to our main character, Floyd, who's the narrator, um, the prostitute, and also um, John, the pharmacist. Huh. And once you got to them, why were they talking to you? Like, what's in it for them? You know, part of it is that, you know, obviously the trust from Greg, but I think that... um, that there comes a point, you know, and kind of what you're doing that even if you're struggling, you want to share your story and share and share your life. And for somebody like Floyd, he really, he's, you know, he's a showman. He's a salesman. So I think part of it was also really fun for him for having us tagging, um, tagging along and, and, and uh, teaching us a little bit about another side of Chicago that we didn't really know. I think with John, he felt like he was doing a service for the community. I mean, we all know how difficult it is to get how expensive healthcare is. So to be able to provide medicine cheaper for people, I don't see really the large harm in that. Mm-mm. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I wanted yeah. to call him about a couple yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. I know we all need a couple things. <laughs> yeah. Ann Hepperman and Kara Oler. That dynamic duo has collaborated on loads of great audio works. To find links, go to thirdcoastfestival.org. And while you're there, you can subscribe to our podcast or browse our library of hundreds of documentaries from all over the world. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Opportunity isn't likely to knock at your door. You'll have to go out and hunt it for yourself. But the opportunity is there if you're prepared to take advantage of it. What do we do to make fast money? Sell candy. You like to buy candy? Everybody remembers what it's like to be a teenager and want 
want to wear the same things, watch the same things, and just be like everyone else your age. That isn't so easy when money is as tight as it is for radio rookie Miguelina Erica Diaz and her family in the South Bronx. Making ends meet in their house means a lot of stress, a little ingenuity, and once in a while, a certain amount of hustle. I live in a society where you have to be tough and get fresh. That means sophisticated, with clothes, cars, and phones, or people will look at you like you're nothing. And this is not Manhattan, where Gatorade costs freaking $3. This is the South Bronx, where a lot of people live on minimum wage jobs, or like my family, on welfare. Rena, wake up, school. Four of my mom's eight kids are still at home. Rena, get up. And let's just say, we always need something. For from a Chinese party. All my sister needs is two dollars for mommy so she can eat Chinese food for her class. Scared. She's scared to ask because when it comes to money, mommy gets frustrated and stressed. She doesn't have much to give. My other little sister, Darina, is 12. They, they ask mommy for a lot of things. So what you have to ask for? Deodorant. Yeah, I want to be stinking. And me? I just started college, and that comes with even more expenses, like tuition, books, and transportation. Right now, I'm making the calculations of the things that I need. Last spring, senior dues gave me a huge headache. <sighs> this is killing me. $85 for my prom ticket, and $250 for cap and gown, trips, a yearbook, and a t-shirt. If I was rich, if I was rich, man... Oh, not even rich. If I was just, you know, middle class or whatever, I mean, if I had this, I'd be a little less stressed, I think. My tux, a hundred and about two hundred and some change altogether. My best friend Chris wanted prom to be a night of luxury. My girl, my nails, her nails. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Every day I go out there looking for a job. Got an application here, got an application there. <laughs> just... Just one week of work, my first paycheck will be helpful. When I asked my mom about senior dues, at first she said, Ay, yo no tengo. She said, no. I was like, this is really important. I walked away. Then she called me. Eriquita. Opened her wallet and pulled it out. Cha-ching. I was like, dag. Mommy's like super mom because when she doesn't have it, she always finds a way. Tengo... No food in the house? Mommy goes downstairs to get credit from the bodega. Or she calls one of my big sisters. Can you say soccer on the radio? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> my big sister, Evie, works in human resources. I'm a soccer for my family. She tries to always support my mom. How do you think mommy copes with her stress about money? I don't think she copes with it very well because... When she don't have money, she wants to be sleeping or she wants to be crying. When she's stressed, it makes me kind of stressed. Sometimes, my mom locks away her stress by taking pills to make her go to sleep. Once, she took too many and fainted on me. I had to pour water on her face and call the ambulance. So right now, I'm on the 3rd Avenue stop. All I need is a couple of more stops to Lincoln Hospital. Just praying to God that she's okay. The other way she deals with stress is much better. I put on some salsa, bachata, and dance with her in the living room. I cheer her up. I want to be able to give my mom everything so she won't stress or take pills. But I can't even help myself. 
When I need money badly, I tend to panic and run away from all my responsibilities, like taking care of my homework and being on time. All I can think about is making fast money, man. What do we do to make fast money? Sell candy. Would you like to buy candy? We start off by borrowing $13.25 from my mom so we can buy a box of Sour Belts. We flip that box and the next one to buy more candy. Oh, you like to buy candy? And by the end of the day, we have over $150. All right, I'm going to refill your box up right now. It feels good. There's no such thing as a slow day. A lot of people like the red ones. You're out there to do one thing, and you're going to do it. You meet new people, and you get to see how you really are inside of you. Like, you know how you be mean at home, right? But you just can't find the niceness of you. You sell candy, you'll find it because you're being nice. You're not like, yo, buy some candy. Would you like to buy candy? It's four for a dollar. I can actually eat candy, but I buy candy from you. My littlest sister's name is Reina. That's queen in Spanish, my little queenty. She has the prettiest <laughs> smile, and that's her advantage. People think, how can I say no to this precious little face? They look at me, and I already know what they're thinking. Yeah, mm-hmm, you think you slick using this cute little girl? Let me get one anyways. Let me buy five. What do you see, Reina? A lot of money. No more stress, yeah. It's my fat, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, more money. <laughs> a few months ago, I was home playing video games when Quinty came in and surprised me with $200. I asked her where did she get it from. She said, oh, my friend had 400 and he gave me half so he wouldn't get in trouble. I was like, maybe it's true. Oh, I hope it's true. I was so happy about the money to really care where it came from. We went shopping for games, clothes, an MP3 player, and a ring for mommy. Why did you lie to me constantly yesterday? Constantly. It turns out that my sister stole the money from the beauty salon downstairs. Why did you lie to me? I don't know. Can you just be honest? That's all I want. I'm angry because she lied. I feel guilty because I wanted to believe her story. You're going to keep on lying to me. I'm not lying to you. So why can't you just tell me the truth, Raina? Why can't you just tell me the truth? For once. Most of all, I'm worried that mommy will get sick because she's so depressed. If mommy gets sick again, Raina, I swear, I'll make sure you go to foster home or something. Because I'm not taking care of you. You're a bad little girl. You stole $200 from mommy's friend. You can hear my mom crying hysterically on the phone to one of my older sisters. I tell my mom, we're going to work to pay back the money. When I say I'm going to make the money, I'll do it. You're my beautiful mom, and I need you, and I don't want you to get sick. She tells me she loves me and asks me if I wanted her to cook dinner. I love you too, man. No te pongas My little sisters and I worked two times that week selling candy in order to pay back the money. But we only had to pay $60 to the salon. The owner told me she forgave Quinty because she was just a little kid who needed to learn a lesson. How you feeling, Quinty? Good. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do this thing, right? So just follow along. Chica chaka chinga. A few months later, I asked Quincy why she took the money. 
She told me she was hungry for a snack. I just saw the money, so I took it. I was mm. like, I could eat with this. <laughs> <laughs> you could eat with that? Yeah. Yeah, I know. But I took them and be like, yo, that looked like mad food to eat. <laughs> <laughs> we could have went food shopping. <laughs> we didn't buy food, though. We weren't thinking about the things we needed, just the things we wanted. We went to Third Avenue and bought mad stuff. You know when you have something brand new, you feel brand new? Well, Raina wanted us all to feel as fresh as the first day of school. That was a fun day. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then it went bad. Duh, it went bad. Feeling like we won the lottery couldn't last. At least not in my family. I wonder if the stress about money will ever leave my family. I don't think it's possible. I mean, come on. That means everybody has a job, everybody is comfortable. That's not reality. I hope it's possible for me after I graduate from college, but I don't want to jinx myself. Anything could happen. Money Stress was produced by Miguelina Erica Diaz and Kari Pitkin for WNYC's Radio Rookies. You do not see the picture, you hear the voice. Sound is a production of the Third Coast International Audio Festival in Chicago. I'm Gwen Maxi. The program is produced by Katie Mingle and curated by Johanna Zorn and Julie Shapiro of the Third Coast Festival. You can hear today's program at thirdcoastfestival.org, where you can also hear nearly a thousand outstanding documentaries from around the world and subscribe to our podcast. Support for ReSound comes from Dojo, a full-service digital agency, on the web at doejo.com. Dojo, we fuel ideas that grow. The Third Coast Festival is a nonprofit arts organization made possible with lead funding from the Richard H. Driehaus Foundation and the John Dean Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Additional support is provided by the Boeing Company Charitable Trust, the Agadino Foundation, Chicago's Navy Pier, and American Airlines. This program is partially supported by a grant from the Illinois Arts Council, a state agency. Special thanks to our many individual contributors from Chicago and around the world. The Third Coast Festival was founded in 2000 by WBEZ Chicago. If you want to contact us, we would love to hear from you. Email us at resound at thirdcoastfestival.org. Resound returns next week with more radio that you can't hear anywhere else unless you live everywhere else. Ain't about no funny stuff, still flipping them chickens. I'm on my money stuff, still whipping them beans. Major League, who catching because I'm pitching? Go shaking, say go just snitching because you snitching. You've been listening to the Third Coast Podcast. Stay connected with us through Facebook and Twitter or by signing up for our email list at thirdcoastfestival.org. If you like what you heard today, consider writing us a review on iTunes or sending us a few bucks. As always, thanks for listening. <laughs>